welcome to the Group Home Riches Podcast. If you have the desire to be your own boss, create your own schedule, and become financially free while at the same time helping people in need, then you've come to the right place. At GroupHomeRiches.com, we teach people exactly like yourself how to get started in the group home business, and on this podcast, you're going to hear their stories firsthand. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Group Home Riches podcast. Today, we are joined by the Group Home Riches founder, Andy, and one of our old friends, Bob. So Bob was one of the original done-for-you deal clients. So we're going to catch up with him, kind of hear his story. And then he has a background that a lot of folks kind of gain value from. So we're going to talk about kind of his professional background and some questions for him before he got into real estate and group homes and stuff. So Bob, welcome. Thanks, Brandon. Thanks, Andy. Yeah. Andy, welcome. Bob, before we get into stuff, why don't you tell the folks just a little bit about your background? You know, where are you from? What were you doing before you found us? And then what made you even look up how to start a group home and run into me and Andy in the first place? Oh, great. Yeah, thanks. Real quick story is I, at 16 years old, my folks divorced and we really struggled. I'm in Southern California, by the way. We really struggled and we got real close to being homeless. And so growing up, I saw the need for this. And now that I'm 68 years old, <laughs> I finally have arrived. Okay. And I learned it all along my life that the failures aren't really failures. They're just lessons to lead to another's destination. So I worked at really hard on this, this stuff and uh, started investing in real estate about 20 years ago. And then you guys popped up one day. I was reading, and the, the group home thing was fantastic. Your website's got all the information anybody needs. <laughs> Just and so I had some long-term rentals. I turned some of that. I turned the first one into a group home, and then the second one. And it's just been a real blessing for me. And spending this, the time with you guys to study material is just it's been priceless. I haven't seen anywhere else on the internet that's got it. By the way, but that's it. That's but yeah, yeah. And Randy got in the insurance business. I'm sorry, real quick. I got in this insurance business in uh, Sears with Allstate. Allstate used to be in the Sears store. And I would go every morning on the, with my suitcase and in front of the candy counter. We'd play Pac-Man part of the time and we'd candy the other rest of the time <laughs> So, and sell insurance. So I did that. And then 41 years later, my son bought the agency from me last August. So my passion has been the group on business. I love it. It's emotionally satisfying to me. And I just, I love the feedback I get. When the insurance business is not a real fun business, nobody ever says, Woohoo, I got a great policy. Just doesn't happen. <laughs> or they, you know, I mean, yeah, it's a great, it's a very satisfying industry, but it's not a real upbeat, not positive. The group home business is so nice because the, the residents who move in usually contact me and say, Hey, this home is fantastic. I really appreciate this, what you've done here for me. And they're very respectful. Everybody's got chores. And I interview all the residents myself from California. My homes are in uh, Southeast Phoenix, Gilbert, Chandler, and Tempe. So I wanted to uh, get involved and see what was going on with people. So I, so but, you found but, us, it was about like three or four years ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. 19 or 2019. I, I think a fall of 2019, I just stumbled on the website and I thought, boy, this is exactly what I'm looking for. And so, yeah, I just, it was it's been real helpful. You guys, all the information. I mean, Andy's concept of a license agreement compared to a rental agreement is priceless. I mean, what's great about you guys is you guys have actually been in, you've done it. You know what I mean? You have ownership of what you're doing. So, which this is fantastic. Okay. 
love to hear it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the saying goes, those who can do those who can't teach, but we're actually the anomaly, right? Because we're doing it and we're teaching it. Yeah. And your stuff, I mean, when stuff comes up for me, I just go back to the manuals and go, wait a minute. Okay. This is what happens when you do this. This is what happens when you do this. Here's how you generate business. Here's how you track your expenses. All that stuff is, you guys have already done it. So, you know, you don't take golf lessons from an instructor that can't play golf, right? <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, but yeah, it's priceless what you guys have done. And then your helpful, I was, I got the uh, done for you stuff and you guys gave me a listing of, uh, lead sources in that Phoenix area. And then right when COVID hit, all the phones were dead. So I had to figure out how to contact these people. So I started running some uh, Facebook ads, which you guys were helpful on that too. And just started calling, the people would call me or they would inquire through the Facebook ad and I would talk to them myself. And one of the things I tried to focus on was a real specific niche. I just wanted to, I looked at the big business in this, in the community and countrywide, you got Starbucks that doesn't sell pizzas, and they sell coffee and pastries. All you get at Starbucks is coffee and pastries. Same thing at McDonald's. You can get hamburgers, fries, and a malt. That's it. And so I thought, you know what? I was talking to all these people, and I had all kinds of different people calling. I'd have, I had people, counselors from sex offenders groups that would had to place their residence. I didn't want to get involved in that group. I had uh, sober living. We had a struggle with alcoholism when I was growing up with family. I didn't want to get involved with the uh, sober living homes, even though they're very profitable, can be very profitable. So then the other group was, uh, so I started focusing on these people that were dealing with anxiety and depression because they would call. Uh, there's another group that, that I want to do something with, and that's the foster kids that are getting turned out of their foster home. So that's one of the next things I'm working on. But right now I'm just focusing on guys. Actually, it turns out to be guys on just, just like any and Brandon, you guys talk about these guys on some kind of disability, SSDI or SSI, or uh, veterans on veterans uh, suffering from PTSD. So I follow the same model you guys do. I have a house manager who takes care of everything for me. Everybody's got chores. I tell them myself, I said, look, this is not a resort or country club. You're going to have chores you got to do every day. You're expected. And each week, uh, the house manager is going to change the chores. So one week, you may be clean the kitchen another week you may be mowing the grass in the backyard but everybody's got responsibilities yeah um, yeah that's been great thanks to you guys for showing me how that works well hey you're the reason we do it people that take it and run with it that's why we do this yeah yeah i appreciate that yeah it's, it's just great stuff and uh, it's easy for people to get stuck on paralysis okay so what i try to do every morning if i can give you guys tell you what i'm doing is I try to accomplish three things. I write down a list. I get a the night before I write down what I accomplished during the, that day, what I, my accomplishments were. And I write down the three things I want to do the next day. So I figured if I do three things a day, five days a week, that's 15 a week times, let's say 50 weeks, just as an example, that's 750 things I can get done in 12 months. Yes. Okay. So it's right. Mm -hmm. Instead of trying to eat the elephant all in one bite, I can do it one bite at a time. <laughs> okay. So I just say, if I get, so if I get my three things done, whether it's reading about LLCs or maybe it's contacting, maybe setting up, uh, getting one calling five leads, or maybe it's talking to the house manager about rotating chores. That could be one thing, or maybe it's dealing with a, an issue with uh, insurance, for example. Okay. <laughs> That's could be one thing for the day. Each one of those is one thing. So if I can just get three things done, I'll be moving forward. I'll just doing something every day. Right. So instead of writing your goal for the day to be like, okay, 
I'm going to read the gold course and memorize everything in there. <laughs> right. Bob <laughs> breaks it that, you know, just step by step. Hey, today, you know what? The, yeah. Tomorrow, maybe I'll make five phone calls. Right. That's a good example of like the type of thing you would write down, right? Yeah. And, you know, the first day I get, I get ready. So sometimes it's as simple as just getting ready to get started, just getting ready to get started and make phone calls. Because even though I was in the insurance business, I still struggle with call reluctance, right? Till I get through my first couple of calls. And so the first time I started calling these people back, I'd go, damn, man. I don't, and I just, I would shuffle the papers around my desk. I'd go to the bathroom. I'd go get some potato chip, you know, the whole drill, right? So I go, wait a I'm just going to get, I'm just going to get the first time. And then I go, okay, the, that's the first day. The next day I'm going to make one phone call. So I'd make yeah. one phone call. Hey, that wasn't so bad. I'll make another phone call. Pretty soon I'm, I'm down working down the list. I'm into 10, 15, 20 people. Yes. So that was really helpful. So just the key is just to get started. And this industry, I want to kind of zero in on those phone calls. Cause that's such a, a hang up point for people. And you bring it up like, uh, cause in the in- insurance industry, did you have to do like a lot of cold calls or did you have like phone days where you were just hammering the phone? Oh all yeah. Along? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like compare. So I've had jobs like that. Right? Right. So compare that to the phone calls that you have in the group home industry. Like when you're calling like a nonprofit or something like that. Okay. So I would call, if I'm calling a nonprofit, I'd call up and say, Hey, what do you guys, first of all, before I call, I'd look up the person's name before you even call them. And call up and ask for that person. I say, hey, can I talk to Steve? And they go, yeah, Steve's on the phone. And help him give you a call back. So then, and most of these nonprofits, they do call you back. Well, that's the what I want. They they want to talk to you, right? right. Or bare minimum, they're not going to like tell you off or ask where you got the phone number from, which yeah. probably happened in the insurance industry, right? Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. even uh, Bob, who's a he's been on the phones forever. He still has that. Everybody goes through this. There's that nervousness of just picking up the phone. This Mm -hmm. is why we ask you guys, especially if you guys are, you know, in our coaching or anything like that, we require you guys to do that first before you even, you don't even have to go through the course. You don't have to get a home. You don't really have to know much. You just have to get over that fear of picking up the phone and talking to these people because You could literally, you could read everything in the gold course. You could get your tenant contract lined up. You could get your company set up. You could get flyers. You could get your website done. You could get business cards. You could go purchase a property. If you don't talk to these people and talk to the tenants, you know, talk to referral sources, how much money will you make? Do you think, Bob? Yeah. Yeah. Not much. So our motto motto is progress, not perfection. (laughs) I love that. Yeah, that's what we do. And so we, as long as we make progress, it may not be perfect, but it's progress. Okay. And when you look back, you go out oh, two weeks later, or maybe two months later, you go, look how far I am compared to where it was when I started with this thing. So that's what I look at now. And if I can focus on that and see the big picture, then everything brings wonderful. And this, it's uh, like I said earlier, it's really satisfying to have, give these people a place to live because there's just a segment of the community that's just uh, struggles. So, oh, yeah. Let's talk about that because we were talking at, and Andy really wanted to start the recording when you brought that up. I think I know why, but it reminded me of a convo we've had before, Andy, and where Bob said his niche is our you know, men with depression and anxiety. Yes. Yeah, I remember I asked you one time, Andy, hey, how many of your tenants you know, have like mental illness? Do you remember what you said? I don't. What did I say? I could 
imagine what I said, but tell me what I said. What what Andy said? I yeah. said, tell me, oh, yeah. tell me what I oh, said. What did I say? A hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Why don't we talk about that for a little bit? You know, just kind of what you've gone through, you know, dealing with the tenants and how you manage them and, and things like that. Well, yeah. So one of the things, so remember it's generating leads, converting leads and then client fulfillment. That's what every business does. Generate leads, convert the leads and then client fulfillment. Right. So generating leads is running my Facebook ads. The second part is converting the lead, you know, and that's where I get on the phone in the first couple of things I say, Hey, say, Hey, Steve, thanks for inquiring. Tell me what's going on in your situation. And they tell me the story. Cause remember if I'm a lot of the Facebook leads were coming in from the actual residents, not from the referring partners. Most 90% of the calls, probably 95% were from the residents during COVID because I couldn't get through on the phone. So I would hear some amazing, some really tragic stories. And so it was really difficult for me, but I, I knew I had to get through this. And I would focus on just those people that were suffering from anxiety and depression. There were some that were would inquire that were actually I mean, I talked to a number of people who would rather live. So what I said, one of the things I said is I say, okay, it sounds like you'd be great for a place. Are you willing to share a room? No, I'm not. And some of them say, no, I don't want to share a room. So they would go. So remember, I'm up until that point, they would say, I'm living in my car. And I'd say, okay, listen, you're on EBT. So your food will be taken care of. You can, you'll be able to uh, have your food, you know, you'll be able to have a place for your food and everything, place to cook. I said, but what would happen is they would not be willing to share a room. I said, I didn't tell you you have to share now. I just said, you may have to in the future. Are you willing to consider that? They go, no, I'm not going to share a room. I said, so you, let me be sure I understand this correctly. You'd rather live in your car than share a room with somebody. And they go, yeah. I said, okay. There were a number, I talked to a couple of people that had, it would rather, now remember in Arizona, Arizona in the summertime, it gets to 120 degrees. Okay. I never forget this call with the lady, one lady who had two dogs who were spending her money for boarding the dogs because it's so hot in the daytime and she would eat off the dollar menus at the fast food places. She'd go to the, the fast food restaurants and for, they had a dollar menu. They she would just get something there. And I said, but she said, I don't want to share a room with anybody. I said, are you sure? So at that point I realized there wasn't, I couldn't do everything for everyone. So that was some difficult conversation. There was another group that I really struggled with and that was the parents of autistic children. There are a number of, Single parents, actually. I never talked to a single dad, by the way. I only talked to single moms that had one or two autistic children. They had to work. They had to find a place for their children. And I was not able to help those that group out either. So we just focused. I just had to focus on it, you know. So that's what I did. One thing I've learned, especially with, you know, real estate investing, looking for motivated sellers are like, you don't really need, you're not going to be able to convince people it's especially with this, you're not going to be able to convince people to sell you their property. So one thing I learned with wholesaling was really just to prospect for people that really needed your service. So for me, if I were to talk to somebody or you know an organization, they're like, no, we don't do shared living whatsoever, or we're not going to do roommates. Like our people right. would rather, they only want like a single family home or they're just going to stay in the shelters. Cool. Have a nice day. Right. <laughs> it's uh there's no way you're going to convince them so i spend my time in all my businesses mainly like it's kind of a shift in mindset not to like convince people to use your service but to look for people that need it 
then when you find that, then you just focus in and zero in on them. Right. Yeah, that's a good point, Brandon. Yeah, that just it has to be driven on what the prospect needs or the resident needs as compared to what we need, right? So it's amazing business. I mean, you know, they're all, it, and then one of the things also I know that it's, it's like when you decide to buy a car, right? So you, you come up or you watch TV at night or you're watching something, you go, I think I'm going to, I really like that car. And you walk out the next morning and it turns out your neighbor has the exact same car you wanted to buy, you're thinking of buying, but you never saw it before, right? <laughs> well, they call it cognitive distance. So that's the ability to, you know, you're shifting your awareness. So the same thing happens in this industry is when you shift your awareness, when you're all sorts of things pop up, it's like the Lord says, Hey, okay, you're ready to help. And I'm ready to show you what you need. So that's, see, the key is to listen, be focused enough to be able to see what's going on because there are a lot of people in need, but at the same time, you've got to, you, you have to narrow it down. You know, you can't buy pizzas at uh, Starbucks and you, and McDonald's only uh, serves uh you can't buy pizzas at McDonald's. Either. They have a real small segment. Okay. And that's what we do. There's enough people in a small segment that you can have a satisfying business at the same time that you can help a lot of people out. Absolutely. Yeah. And you mentioned you live in California, but the homes are in Arizona and you mentioned the house manager. So why don't you break down a little bit of like the management techniques that you use, especially because you're, you're kind of doing this virtually. That's pretty remarkable. Yeah. So I have three T, you call it the three T's, three T's. So I don't get, I try not to get emotionally involved. Okay. So the three T's are train, transfer, or terminate. That's what we use for the insurance agency for years. And we use this, I use the same concept for the group home. Okay. So I tell the manager, I tell the resident three times what they're supposed to do. So for example, let's, so, so let me give you an example, working with a house manager. So if I tell him, Hey, Every week you got to rotate the chores around. Okay. And so he'll tell me. So then he starts complaining that the guy's not doing his chores. I said, Well, how long have you been asking him to do it? He said, Well, I've been trying to get him to do it for the last couple of weeks. I said, Well, he's only supposed to do it for a week. So that's the first time. Then I tell him the second time, I said, How are you doing rotating chores? Then he tells me if he says they're having they're not doing their chores or they're not the guy's been on it for a couple of weeks. If he tells me the same thing, so I do that three times. And the fourth time I said, Hey, look. I've told you this three times how to rotate these chores around. And if I'll be happy to help you teach you how to do this again, would you like me to show you how to do this? Or would you prefer to move? What do you want to do? Okay. Because this stuff's pretty, I don't mean it's basic, but it's repetitious. You know what I mean? It's the same thing over and over. So I tell them three times. Okay. So for example, if he's got a guy that won't take the trash out in Arizona, you have to take the trash out twice a week, which is, crazy to me, but you have to take the trash out on Tuesday and you have to take it on Thursday. So he assigns it to a guy and he doesn't take the trash out. I say, okay, did you show him how to do it? Yeah. Okay. Did you show him three times? Yeah. Okay. Then put him on the phone with me. Okay. Then by the fourth time, the guy goes, he's ready to move because he doesn't want to follow the instructions. Or he goes, man, I'm so sorry. I, you know, I've had whatever. And I say, look, we'll be happy to help you show you how to take the trash out. Philip will be happy to show you. And they go, okay. No, no, they go, I'm fine. That's the last time I hear about it. Okay. A lot of these guys are vets, which they are excellent at following instructions. Okay. And they don't challenge me, but it's because a lot of these chores are just really straightforward. You know, like guys, I, they, I have washers and dryer in each of the houses and they are allowed to wash their clothes. And then we have certain days that they do their clothes. And if the guy doesn't want to do it or he leaves his clothes overnight, I say, okay, here's the deal. 
It's, here's how the system, because our motto is the system is a solution. Everybody follows the system. It's real simple. But if someone doesn't want to follow the system, this isn't the place for them, okay? Because there are enough people that are looking for a nice place to live and are just happy and grateful. So that's it, the three T's, <laughs> okay? <laughs> so Love it. I like that. That's yeah. really good. Yeah, yeah you don't have, so. there's no emotion. And there's emotion because I it just I get real frustrated because I go, man, I'm I've told this we've told this guy three times how to take the trash cans out. And by the time you tell him the fourth time, say, hey, you haven't been able to do this. We'd love to show you how, or do you want to move? By the time you get to the fourth time, they've pretty much decided they're going to move. Or they go, man, I'm so sorry. I'm just allow me one more time. So okay, that's it. You know, what I mean, I don't. There's no. It's not a personal deal. You know, it's not. And I've been accused of being a little emotionless, but really, it is actually very passionate about these people, getting them to getting everyone to do what they're supposed to do. And, and Bob, if I can make a quick comment, sure. you say you're emotionless, but one of the best ways of helping these guys out is being that way. You can't oh. be too emotional with it. Yeah. You won't be, you'll never be able to help them if you are. Yeah. It, that's a great point. And, and they need something to do too, Andy. They need everything. Yes. Otherwise they just surround nothing to do all day. Absolutely. Because the devil's hands yeah. What do they say? You know, uh, <laughs> idle hands are devil's workshops, yeah. right? Your idle hands doing nothing are the devil's workshop. I tell you that. That's what happens yeah. to a lot of these guys. Yeah. I, one of the big dreams I have, and this is kind of, here's another, I, when I was buying these rental houses, they, I always wanted big backyards for kids, you know, because I thought I could rent to families and the kids would have a place to play because we just didn't have much of that growing up. I, this would be a great thing. I was thinking about myself. And then one, and so I go, and so and that never happened. What happened was the tenants, the long-term tenants wouldn't take care of the, the weeds would be two feet high when they moved out. Yeah. Right. You've seen that a million times. Right. So I go, wait a minute. And one day I'm watching YouTube and I'm watching this guy talk about growing and he's growing herbs and plants and fruits and vegetables in his backyard. And that's on YouTube. This guy's located in Tempe, Arizona. And everybody says you can't grow anything in Tempe because it's all desert. This guy's growing guava, papaya, Apartments, wow. and I'm going, wait a minute. And so I'm thinking, I'm saying, wait a minute, these guys, these residents in the house are buying, they're going to EBT buying cakes and pastries and, you know, all the inexpensive starchy stuff. Oh, yeah. 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 The diabetes diet. Exactly. And so they struggle with their weight. Exactly. And they struggle with the uh, health issues. They, and they get this routine of going to the doctor and they're, the, the doctors loop them in every two or three times a week. And so, so my goal this summer is to get these guys planning. I've been planning, uh, getting some seeds and stuff going in the backyard so they can start growing their own food. Oh, and, uh, Bob, that is awesome. You know what? What a great idea. Dude. Well, thank that you. is fantastic. That is genius. Yeah. I know. And I, I just think, and you know, what happens? This guy in Tempe, he's in the same city. He's like, he's like uh, cities. The Tempe borders up on Chandler. It's the next city over. This guy has so much food. He gives it to neighbors. Then somebody wow. else the farmer's market sells it. I mean, it's just, it's, that's the same other thing I said earlier. You know, Lord puts this stuff in front of your face and you just got to see it. Right. He's saying, Hey, grow these, let the healthy guys feel better. So I yeah. go, right. So anyway, and then it gives them something to do. So in the morning they get it. Hey, let's see how the, let's see how the guavas are growing today. Let's see what's happening with the papaya. Right. <laughs> so and the byproduct is they start eating good food. They feel better, right? Yep, yep. So yeah. that's what it all boils down to. Yeah. So, and how much does it cost? It's just water and seeds, right? So, it's they're, free compared to going to the grocery that, store. Yeah, they're yeah. giving that stuff away. Oh my gosh! If you, yeah, it, it tragically, these people on the EBT, they just the the quality food is very expensive in the grocery store. You know, the so they buy the breads and the you know a lot of the starchy stuff. So, 
you know, potatoes on. It's just terrible. But anyway, that's my passion this year. That's what I'm all about is getting uh, this the second home going and getting the backyards fired up and getting some crops growing, or, you know, foods and fruits and vegetables for them to eat. We have to come. You have to come back on for a part two, so we could get an update on that. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm excited about it. I'm told, <laughs> thank you. It'd be my pleasure. I, these the, you guys have done is so unique in the real estate world, and also in the community of the people that need these kind of care. I mean, rents are going up all over the place, and uh, there's a whole group of people. And what I notice, uh, if I can give you guys some feedback on these residences, a lot of them are they're all single. All the guys are single. Yeah, uh, yeah. The kids are out. For some reason, the kids don't want to take care of the parents, the dad. It's all dads. And so, but I've also, uh, you know, I just have to really stay real focused. If I don't stay focused, I'm, uh, I get a tendency to uh, go after the flashy stuff. So I just got to be real careful. I stay real focused. I want to accomplish for these guys. And uh, it's it's just been really sad. I just want to thank you guys, Brandon, Andy. You guys are doing something nobody else in the world is doing. So yeah, I'm sure. Well, Clay- you're doing it, Bob. I mean, we're doing it here, but the only way that we can really make an impact is showing other people like you that are willing to take the bull by the horns and do it. So oh, yeah. you're helping out tons of people. Great. Yeah, this is a great industry. And if I can, you know, we talked about the insurance stuff real quick. I'm going to give you real quick, some not quick, but I'll be yeah, happy to talk to you guys. Yeah, let's spend a little bit of time talking about that. Okay. So any other, yeah, if you want to come in back a sec time, we're happy to. No, uh, let's so get into it now for sure. A couple of years ago, back in 2019, I had a house that was rented. The property manager guy called me up because I don't manage the long-term rentals. I just do the group home and the Airbnb house, group homes and the Airbnb house myself. But the guy that does the long-term rentals called me, he goes, Hey, I've got a uh, tenant for your home, one of your homes in Chandler, but he wants to run a traumatic brain injury facility in there. I said, sign him up. He goes, what? I said, yeah, sign him up. I'd love to do that. He goes, really? I said, yeah, I want that. That's my calling. Okay. So he goes, okay, I'll tell him. So he goes in and one of the, he says, look, I'm going to send you all the paperwork because you need to approve the lease and his financial situation. I said, okay, great. You know, it's just like renting to a business, just like, you know, Andy, you own commercial properties. You know how you evaluate the tenant's lease and his financial situation, same thing. So he's got four licenses in the state of Arizona, four licenses to run a traumatic brain injury facility. And I'm going, man. So I look at the revenue. The revenue's off the chart, of course. So I'm going, and so I had to get his insurance. You know, so a part of, I told the manager, I was like, I got to have his, he's got to name me on his insurance policy, his business policy. So sure enough, a week later, that comes over. And then he was in there for three years. Uh, and then got, I, we did a rent increase and he didn't want to, he didn't want to, uh, he thought he could move up cheaper. And so he did, he left in it and I was sitting open. I go, wait a minute, I can do this. Why can't I do this myself? And then you guys popped up at the same time. You know, the, the Lord's telling me, Hey, I've been telling you this message. You better listen to me now. Okay. So I said, okay. So I go, then you guys popped up and then the group home thing, you know, the, the business model, which is perfect for me. So, so first thing I had to do is do insurance. Right. So I'm sitting here doing through my papers one day. I go, so I pick up the old paper and I call the broker up that was insuring the traumatic brain injury business in my house. I call the guy up. I say, hey, can you guys do this? The guy goes, oh, sure. What do you, tell me what you got and all that. I say, it's not licensed. He goes, that's no problem. So I got a new policy to cover the, the house and the uh, business inside. So I set up two LLCs. I have a, a LLC doing a structure and a LLC that runs the business. Those are really simple websites. I'm a big fan of Kiyosaki's and Tom Wheelwright, his uh, CPA. So I follow all of Wheelwright's stuff, their podcast. Uh, and they have a, an attorney called uh, named Garrett Sutton who does 
a website called corporatedirect.com. And that's all he does except LLCs, real simple. So we got it all set up. The, the LLCs are both insured on the policy. And then that was it. And then I called up and then I had the, the second one. I opened the second one up and I just, hey, I need you to add the business. And same thing on the other house in Chandler. And the guy goes, yeah, no problem. So it's called a business owner's policy, BOP, B-O-P business owner's policy. Okay. And it's an unlicensed group home. We just tell them it's an unlicensed group home. And one of the time I came across, I was searching one night for different insurance. And I came across another company called Berkshire Hathaway that does group homes. So I have another business, insure, another group home insured with Berkshire Hathaway. And then the Airbnb's got certain insurance needs too that are a little different from the group home business for the structure because that's a high turn. That's almost like running a hotel. It's like running a small hotel with an Airbnb property. So that those needs are a little bit different. So that's how I did it. I just started calling around to see who had, like calling this guy who was in my property at the same time I called around, I would go on Airbnb and ask people who they were insured with. And these, this one agency popped up that everybody kept insuring with these guys. So I checked those guys out and, but it's the same thing. You know, you don't see the car until you decide you want to buy it. Right. And it's right in front of you. <laughs> okay. So absolutely. with yeah. the unlicensed group home, what, like, uh, what business classification is that LLC? Well, the LLC, so LLCs are non-reporting entities. So LLC is just, uh, it's not an S corp. It's not a sole proprietor. It's just a non-reporting entity. So all my stuff goes on schedule E, E as an Edward through real estate. There we go. So, so it doesn't have to be, I don't have to do a, a schedule C or a, an S corp. I didn't elect the S corp or C corp. I just left it as a, uh, Schedule E is rental income from the property. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so you set up, so in, in layman's term, you're setting up your business as just a regular real estate business. It correct. doesn't need to be, I think where a lot of people get confused is they need to set it up as like an assisted living facility, or it needs to be classified as a group home or something like that. And then they need to go find specific insurance for that specific industry. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the simplest way to get started, like if you're a new person, is to just get your LLC set up, which is just going to be real estate. And then you just get like just general business insurance on it, correct? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So I have uh, the structures. I have the LLC is the name of the street. Address is the name of the LLC. Real creative. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And I have a separate business name for the LLCs. And so what I do on the LLCs is... I have a holding company, a Wyoming-based holding company, and I have the Wyoming-based holding company as the uh, single member LLC of the, the only member of the LLC, and then the Wyoming-based holding company is an LLC too. Because as an insurance agent over for 41 years, I've seen stuff that's not covered by insurance. Okay, so even though everyone gets has insured, there's there are things that can happen that the insurance companies just don't cover. What I hear a lot of about is the umbrella, personal umbrella policy. And I, it's really important people understand that personal umbrella is just that personal. There's a real clear definition, difference, distinction between personal insurance and business insurance. Okay. So the first part of every umbrella policy says we don't, there's, this doesn't cover business activity. Okay. So a group home, the traumatic brain injury guy in my own house, that was a business. There's no way he would be covered under a homeowner policy or a land umbrella policy, personal umbrella policy. And it, once you get this thing, it's like having kids, you know, remember Andy, when your first child was born, <laughs> <Yes. right? laughs> 
Then the second one, it's like, well, this is not as difficult as I thought, right? <laughs> and, and and then I don't know if you have three kids now, but you know the third one's like, cutter. Yeah, yeah, it's even easier. Yeah, so it's the same thing. I just want to encourage you. Yeah, yeah, just get started. That's the key is just getting started. Yeah, so they're going to have. We recommend LLCs. That's what we use for all of our businesses. Right. So if you go and do the nonprofit route or something like that, you're on your own. I'm not really sure. <laughs> yeah. But, well. Yeah, you have your general business that's going to protect your business. And then if you're renting, you're going to have your renter's policy and that the owner, the landlord, they should have their homeowner's insurance as well. So mm-hmm. is there some kind of illustrious like insurance product that we're holding back from our members that they need to get, Bob? No, the only thing... One thing, that's the only thing, but the one thing would be the business owner policy. So even if a group home member is renting a house from a landlord, if they're renting a house from the landlord, they need what's called a business owner policy that covers a business in the building. Okay. So just like when you're driving through the community and you see a, a, a business in a strip center, the business owner has what's called a business owner policy. He doesn't own the strip center. He just has the business inside it. Okay. So what a group home owner needs to do is if they don't own the structure, they just ensure the business inside the home. Okay. So visualize that same a row of houses in a mall or a row of houses on a strip center and you're ensuring the business inside that home. That's all you're doing. That's called a business owner's policy. And so that will protect most cases will protect the business owner, the group home owner from a lawsuit most majority of lawsuits, but there are stuff that happens. And then that's where you get into the LLC thing. And, and that's where I set up the holding. And the holding company setting up by Garrett Sutton was only like 800 bucks. That's all it is to set up a holding company. So you see, it's not it, what I want to be careful. I want people to understand they don't have to suffer from paralysis by analysis. Okay. <laughs> all they got to do is just do three things in the day. The morning, you get up and do three things. Today, I'm going to contact Garrett Sutton or go to corporatedirect.com and look up read about them and inquire what it takes to set up a LLC for my new business. Okay. And if you own the structure, maybe you want to set up an LLC that owns a structure, another one that owns the business. Okay. And then from there, you decide who's going to be the member of the LLC. Maybe it's a holding company, or if you want to name your family trust as a member of the LLC. I'm not an attorney. Okay. It's real important. I'm not a CPA. I'm just an insurance agent, but I'm not, and I'm not licensed in, in most, I'm only licensed in one state. So so I'm, I'm going to defer to talking to the, your people, your insurance agent, your accountant, and your uh, attorney about this stuff. There are some great systems now and people that focus in this segment too, which is really cool. Okay, cool. And one thing that I've noticed, we've talked about this, Andy, is that people, instead of just going out, getting their LLC set up through companies like Bob has mentioned, you can also just do this through the Secretary of State on your own. Yeah, um, they're usually pretty simple to get through and yeah. then getting your the specific thing. So thank you, Bob. This is like yeah. the stuff that I don't know because I'm not an insurance guy, yeah. <clears throat> a business owner's policy, right? Right. Instead yeah. of doing all this, they, they play like a whole bunch of scenarios in their head on to what could go wrong. What if? <laughs> so, yeah. What is? Yeah. Yeah. So why don't we talk about that? Let's say, can an insurance company come back and say, you know, hey, you're running in like an illegal, illegal business out of the home, and we're not going to pay you for something that could have happened. Or- no, no. Here's the deal. I disclose everything up front. I say, look, I'm only running an unlicensed group home. And they always ask for websites. 
So I have a website that they can read about what we do. And I said, this is what we do. Arizona, the short-term rental in Tempe I have, I provide breakfast for that first morning for guests. And so every year, the insurance company looks at my listing on the Airbnb house and they go, oh, do you provide meals? I said, no, I only provide the first, I have Instacart ship their first breakfast, which 90% of people want eggs and bacon, okay? <laughs> so I ship them, it costs me less than $50 and they get eggs and bacon for their first morning so they don't have to go out. And eat. But the point is that's disclosed on the website. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if there's a claim, I always say, hey, look, here's the email I sent out. This is what I told you guys I do. So same thing with the group home. Building websites now is uh, you guys have a facility for that, Brandon and Andy. This is which is fantastic. That's not a big deal anymore. You don't even need a you don't even need a website with a uh, Facebook. You can build have a build a business page and lead and use lead generation strategy, and the the prospect will fill in their name, their phone number, and email address. You don't even have to have a business an email any or excuse me a website. Don't I want to be sure people don't get hung up on building a website. That's not even necessary anymore. You can build a, a Facebook business page in literally less than five minutes. And yeah. you don't, yeah, don't even, you just, you know, you can send it, the inquiries to your Gmail address and you, you get a list, you get a, you know, go into your Gmail account. You don't need a website. You don't need a landing page. You don't need a funnel. None of that stuff. All you need is a Facebook business page if you want. Okay. If I can make a quick comment, excuse me, this is Andy. Yeah. I would presume right now, for our like larger deals, like apartments and stuff like that, mobile home communities and whatnot, we're probably leasing, no joke, 90% of our units directly off of Facebook. Oh, there you go. That's wow. where we're doing everything. I know a guy that's got a $40 million a business, $40 million a year business. He has one avenue and it's Facebook. They advertise on Facebook. That's it. Right. Yeah. That's amazing. Isn't it, Andy? amazing it's absolutely amazing 2.5 billion people 2.5 billion people on facebook for free so yeah good for you and now with the ai and the ability to uh create copy and all that i mean it just takes literally two to three minutes to get all that stuff you need for facebook you can go to chat gpt and ask for copy for a facebook page and it'll it'll give you the you just put that in the prompt and it'll uh it'll give you the facebook compliant stuff automatically so yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, it's just really fun or the way things technology is moving along. So the brokers you're working with, they're just looking for like a website, a business set up, right? Or even a Facebook page. Yeah, Brandon, yeah. I just give them the, yeah, the one guy. Yeah, I have a, a yeah. online uh, presence. Yeah, my Airbnb house does. I don't have a website for the Airbnb house and that generates revenue. And I just, they look at it at the on the Airbnb listing. So and then I have a Facebook page for the Airbnb house. And then I have the group home uh, Facebook page too. So then I just tell them to go over here and look over there and they look and they're fine with it, you know, so. And you're using the same company that you use for the Airbnb, you use that for the group home stuff as well? Yeah, yeah. It's company, it's three people. It's called me, myself, and I. <laughs> I, do it <laughs> I do it myself. And then I, I've been running ads off. I run, if you run a business page, you can run ads off of the business page on Facebook. So we started doing that. Another interesting thing, another deal was real quick, I, our insurance agency lead generation completely changed back six, seven years ago. People stopped calling the, company, the agency. So we had to figure out another way to generate leads. So we started running some Facebook ads that would generate leads and, and you can really t- narrow it down. I run, uh, when I launched the group home business, I just run it in the, that Phoenix area, Maricopa County, and that gives me enough leads to get 
that have got people coming in. We did the same thing in California for insurance. But interesting enough, we ran 12 ads that didn't work. Our 13th ad hit. Okay, so what I want to tell people is don't get discouraged. If Don't quit on the third or fourth or fifth or 10th time because we ran 13. That 13th one was the one they hit. So it's a matter of tweaking your audience. And yeah, it's a lot of fun. And it's we do this ad spend uh, on the insurance agency and it's $15 a day. Yeah, okay. that's the thing with marketing. It's all, you know, A-B testing. Yep. Right. And you just yeah, find, exactly. find something that works. And once it does, then you zero in, which, yeah, yeah. Again, that's, that's the kind of the beauty of our stuff is that Andy's already done all this A-B testing. <laughs> he right. figured out what works. And if you, you link up with us, you just get that stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't, yeah. I don't know why company, everybody would be with you guys. I can't understand why somebody wouldn't want, there's nobody, there's no, you guys have no competition. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, and by the way, Bob, so if I can throw another thing out, that is the basis of my entire business, everything. Yeah. I want to do stuff where we have no competition. Like we essentially have a monopoly, right? So all the stuff that I like to do, i.e. group homes, nobody was ever doing it. I mean, yeah. people were doing it, but not really. And then of course, people would ask me, hey, how are you getting these things going? And what are you doing? I'm like, all right, let me put this on the internet. Well, nobody was doing it on the internet, to your point. <laughs> That's great. You know, the classic example is, Starbucks, Folgers Coffee. Howard Schultz was petrified that Folgers Coffee would open up next door because a Folgers Coffee is half the price, right? Yeah. So for years, 10 years, he never took a day off in 10 years and he was deathly afraid that one day he was going to open up and there's going to be a Folgers Coffee House right next door to his Starbucks. How many yeah. Folgers Coffee House have you seen? Yeah, exactly. You, <laughs> don't right. even, you don't even think about Folgers Coffee anymore. Yeah. You know, you don't yeah. think about the best part of waking up is that stuff in your Cup because nobody go. wants that stuff in their cup. <laughs> there you go. They create a brand. They create an amazing brand, which is very, very expensive to do. But yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> good stuff. Yeah. They, if I can tell you, people, I'm on that Facebook group, the, the Group Home Riches Facebook group. People are welcome to look me up and direct message me if you like. My last name is Jugan, J U G A N. J U G is in Go, A is in Apple, and is in Nancy. Bob or Robert Jugan on the in that Facebook group. I'd be happy to answer anybody's questions. And I just want to encourage people to embrace the progress, not perfection philosophy. Okay. Yeah. And that's, uh, it's not, doesn't just apply to insurance. This applies to everything in business. And Bob has given a couple great examples of that. So yeah, we kind of laid out the basics for you guys re regarding that. If you guys have any questions on that, reach out. But yeah, there's nothing too fancy that you have to do. Andy, did you have anything to like any other insights regarding the insurance? Well, or do, you, do you have something based on like specific? What you just or? said is, is super important, right? It's like it, this is not a fancy business, right? And you want an easy, simple business, right? I mean, a business that a ham sandwich can run, as the saying goes. So don't overcomplicate it. Don't overthink it, right? I mean, just do what. I've just said like, all right, every day, get up, try to do three things. It's, it's yeah. that simple, make progress. And then you got your three T's. I mean, all the right. stuff that Bob just said, you guys listen to this program, not just once, just listen to it three, four five times. Cause there's a lot of pearls of wisdom with what Bob has just told you. So yeah, listen to it a couple of times. And then of course, if you do want to fast forward things and not screw around, call Brandon and we can get get you set up on the done for you program or whatever. But yeah, I would say listen to the program, you know, a couple more times. 
Thanks for that feedback. Thank you so much. <laughs> you guys I have will. changed my life, and a lot of these people in Southeast Phoenix are just, are just they love you guys. We'll send you some fruit when it comes out of the backyard, okay? Can't wait I would to love see that. It. Okay, good. Hey, All thank right. you so much. Bob, thank you so much for coming on, man. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah, we'll send you an email, Bob. Okay. We'll catch up again in person. All right. All good right. to talk Thanks, to you guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.